Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and you're our ever present resident critic Stephen Ross is here with me again this week and in addition we have been joined by the editor of Glasgow World and Scottish crime drama enthusiast Mr Paul Trainer. welcome Paul morning Remember, if you want to see our faces, you can head over to the brand new Freeview channel 267 Shots, which is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime stories, football news and analysis, plus coverage of lifestyle, TV, film and much more. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. Previously, Alex Morland's territory, Stephen is stepping up to the plate to take over this week. Finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. This week, Paul joins us as guest host to talk about the legend that is Taggart, which is celebrating its 40th birthday. But first, we like to talk about what everyone has been watching recently. Stephen, tell me what's been on. I've been watching a little bit of Attack on Titan, which is like a big um, anime series. And I normally oh. can't, can't stand anime. Um, really? I, th- yeah. I would have thought that was kind of up your street, actually. You like a bit of yeah, animation I, in I, general. Yeah, the, the big ones a try, like the Studio Ghibli movies. And I mean, Spirit Away is, is fairly good. But yeah. um, recently, recently I saw Your Name, which was a really good anime film. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. I'll give Attack on Titan a try because it's supposed to be like one of the best series of that genre. And it is so far really, 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 really good. Um, there's about mm. 130 episodes. So I'm not very far in at the minute, but okay. Um, so it's long running, then, is it? It's been out yeah. for quite a while. And it is very, very anime in what it does. It's basically a, a group of like sort of medieval-styled people living behind these really tall walls, um, and then these titan-like giants smash their way through the walls that were meant to protect them. And that's mm. sort of how it starts. And then it's a big sort of like humanity tries to fight back against this um, huge menace sort of It thing. sounds a bit games, Game of Thronesy, doesn't it? Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. But um, just very much more manga, anime yeah. style. Um, is it? Is it on, is it still running? Is it still I being produced? I believe it's still running, either that or it yeah. ended recently. Um, okay. It's on... Crunchyroll, which is like a, a free ad-supported streaming service for oh. anime. That's definitely a new one for me. That sounds yeah. like um, you'd have for lunch. I think the only thing, the only thing I've I've what I've used it for is Attack on Titan, but it, it is just for all your anime needs. Okay, right. Is it specifically all anime, or is there other stuff? Anime? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all anime. Okay, tell us the name of the actual program Attack again? on Titan. Attack on Titan. So. Strong recommend. Okay, anything yeah, else? Um, I gave Bad Times at the El Royale, El Royale ago, the um, oh, yeah. Jeff Bridges film that came out in like yes. 2018 sort of time. Jeff mm-hmm. Bridges, John Hamm. Huge disappointment. I thought it was okay still, but I, it looked like it had so much potential. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. No, I, I remember when it came out, being very excited. It had like a really tight um, premise and an excellent mm. trailer, and then I didn't even make it through the first twenty minutes. I don't oh think. no, it was yeah. a mess, a mess for maybe. And it's long as well. It's like two and a half hours, and it, I think it could have been a really good ninety-minute 
sort of thriller. It's clearly yeah. inspired by like Quentin Tarantino, like the Reservoir Dogs. I think mm. Hateful Eight might have come out after, but it, it's very similar to Hateful Eight, except the payoff is the execution's just not not there. They get rid of the most interesting character very early doors. Every act along the way, it sort of went in the wrong direction and got worse as a result, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Stylistically, it looks very good. Um, mm-hmm. The acting's pretty spot on, but the writing, mm-hmm. I think, really, really let it down, unfortunately. Do like a bit of Jeff Bridges. Um, where did you watch that? Well, I watched it on Disney+, Plus, um, but I wouldn't okay. necessarily recommend anyone else. Fair enough. Soup. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so, Paul, over to you. What have you been watching? Besides um, those taggart, obviously. <laughs> last... Last night, I was watching the latest episode of Only Murders in the Building. Oh, and you're way ahead of me. I'm only on the I first series still. It's quite fun that um, mm. streaming service still kind of have appointment television. You know, as much as I love demolishing a box set mm. worth of um, episodes over yeah. a weekend and things like that, um, or just inhaling, like, you know, yeah. series to kind of catch up when a new one comes out. The mm. fact that they're releasing an episode every Tuesday actually I didn't it realize that. It's, so it's coming out kind of linear. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am a big fan of that because, uh, as I'm forever telling everybody, I tend to watch one of each program each week, you know, and I am the person that will take, you know, months to finish a series. Um, yeah. Very old style but I just like it. I like to space it out. I like the delayed gratification thing about it, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, where are you now? So halfway through so a, a Series 3, is it? Episode 5 of, of mm. Series 3 already. Mm-hmm. And it's, because it, because it is kind of shorter episodes, it's a little bite-side kind of uh, Manageable. fun. Um, yeah. Puzzle-laden. Mm-hmm. Um, and very kind of, it, it does hark back to a, a, a different era. You've got Martin yeah. Short and, and Steve Martin doing Absolutely. what they've been doing since the 80s. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of the humour is a bit daft and funny and often a bit physical. And um, it kind of so acknowledges it's itself in the fact that Steve Martin's char- character is a kind of washed up TV actor as well. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like poking fun at himself, but at us as well for being like, oh, he, we used to watch him years ago. Yeah. You know, so that's cool as well. I, I really find it endearing. I, I really enjoy watching it, actually. It's so easy. So light, isn't it? Yeah, it's got it's got a nice tone to it. And Selena mm-hmm. Gomez is excellent in it. Um, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep turns up in this season. Oh, yeah. Um, all <laughs> runs as well um so they're, yeah they're rolling out all the all the stars all the big guns. I, I think it's a it's a nice one and it's it's on disney plus if anyone wants to check that out um, cool. also they are um i've been trying um ahsoka which is the the new star wars oh we mentioned series. it last week yeah yeah go ahead it's um so the the third episode dropped again they're doing it in a, a linear fashion with appointment television the third episode dropped today i haven't watched that yet but from the first two episodes um it seems promising in terms of the acting and and the um, attempt to kind of create a. It's almost like a. It's almost like a detective series as well. Element, you know, like they, they tend yeah, to yeah. kind of drop into different um, genres within the Star Wars universe, and this mm. feels a bit kind of like you know piecing together a, a, a puzzle as the, the the search for a long lost um, admiral from the Empire. Um, the only concern for me is I, I didn't grow up with the um, the animated series that is was was the precursor for this mm. live action version yeah. and a lot of the, the scenes and the setups and um, just the visuals seem like it's 
it's ultimately fan service, okay. fan service, and rather than progressing the story. So I'm sure that if people had grown up watching Rebels and and um, and other uh, series, um, that they will be, you know, have more um, affinity with us. Yeah, just like super impressed by the visuals. But for me, just coming new to this aspect of the Star Wars universe, I'm, I'm yet to be yet to be wild, fully immersed. I yeah. suppose. But, you know, well, it's, it's got promise. Stephen, have you watched either of them? No, I'm not a huge... Um, Star Wars head. Yeah, just these universes that you have to watch so much to keep on top of. Like, I, I'm yeah. sort of giving up on Marvel a few years ago. And mm. the Star Wars films I've seen, apart from the sort of more recent two, um, but uh, I've not really gone into the the Andor, the Ahsoka, the Mando sort of shows. Yeah, I never... We did watch a little bit of... Um, what was the one about Boba Fett that was out there? Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we. <laughs> I watched a bit of that, but just kind of lost interest in it. Like, I don't know. I yeah. just feel like nothing is as good as the original. Do you know what I mean? So, no. um, But I can see why it is a huge franchise and why loads of people love it, basically. Um, okay, so where is that? That's Disney, obviously, as well, yeah? Yeah, Disney, that's Disney Plus, yeah. Cool. I actually seem to watch loads of television this week. I watched a documentary last week on Channel 4 called London Bridge Facing Terror. Did either of you hear about this? I heard yeah. about it, but I've not seen it. I, I just happened across it, actually, um, which is kind of nice because it rarely happens these days. You just happen across something and you actually watch the whole thing. Um, mm. But obviously a documentary about the London Bridge a terror attack that happened a few years ago. And it was the three guys. Do you recall three guys kind of tackled the attacker and um, out on the street? Yeah. It was those three guys that were essentially being interviewed for um, the documentary and a few other a few other people like the you know family members of the victims and a few people that knew the terror the, the the attacker as well and they had footage from the actual you know they were at this conference that day all mm. of them um which was about sort of um looking at you know integrating prisoners into society and having different ways of sort of rehabilitating prisoners and a much more liberal sort of um look at how we can manage um, punishment as it were and and in imprisonment and that kind of thing so it was kind of fascinating because obviously two of the guys that 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 brought the guy down were prisoners on day release well, did, sorry did one, one of them was like a narwhal tusk or something yeah that's what yeah, I was, I was exactly. trying to what class there was, two, tusk there was actually was used. Yeah. There was two narwhal tusks on the walls as decoration in this foyer that they ended up grabbing. And and, and another guy used a fire extinguisher and they actually did kind of manage to, you know, Subdue the guy, hold yeah. him off. Yeah. yeah. And he had he had knives taped to his hands. So can you imagine trying to apprehend someone who's like that? And then he had a explosive device strapped to him as well which we later found out was fake, obviously, but um, that's why the police shot him, obviously, because he kept saying he'd a bomb. It throws up so many questions, this documentary, about how we treat our prisoners, how we look at sort of forgiveness, because both those prisoners, one of them murdered somebody and was on, was serving a 25-year sentence, I think, and was sort of due for release a few months later and actually got a pardon for his, you know, heroic actions. And then the other prisoner, which was really shocking, I thought, was a guy who had been involved in a burglary and literally kind of bro broke into this house with another guy 
and they didn't think anybody was home. But the homeowner was actually like deaf or he couldn't hear them or whatever. And he was sitting in the corner of the room and the other guy panicked and hit him with one punch and the guy died. And he went to prison as well, sort of. There's there's a particular law where you're kind of guilty by association that yeah. he was in the room and and it, to me it seemed very unjust that this guy had served like fifteen twenty years for a crime he didn't actually commit you know he was in the room but he didn't actually do anything he spends a lot of time campaigning now for getting rid of this this particular law that you know sees associates guilt with people who are involved in a crime rather than actually doing it so anyway long story short. They didn't answer all the questions. They posed a lot of questions. It's quite long. I think it's about an hour and a half, but it's definitely worth a watch because, and it's heartbreaking. It's so sad. And you hear from the families of the victims, one of which was a really young guy who was kind of campaigning for this more liberal sort of um, justice system. And his father is interviewed on it. And he talks about how in the days following the attacks, Boris came out about, you know, stronger, set longer sentences and all this. And and he was saying that was the exact opposite of what his son would have wanted, you know, and it's heartbreaking, the whole thing. Very interesting. Very good, I thought. Um, Finished Painkiller, which is the opioid crisis um, new series on Netflix. Very good. Really enjoyed it. Um, Uzu Aduba is in it, who was in Orange is the New Black. She's really good. And so is Wes Duchovny, who is... David Duchovny's daughter uh, and she was quite good um, and I'll talk about this maybe next week but I finished and just like that as well which was full of cameos as well this um, series which I have to admit I did enjoy and I started Woman in the Wall last night which I will talk about next week as well but that looks really good and it's really macabre and it's tackling a really difficult interesting subject and um, yeah Ruth Wilson is great. So I'll come back to that next week because otherwise we're going to be here for half an hour and we've spent lots of time talking about all that already. Okay, so over to you, Stephen. We're going to talk about a new series called Classic Movies, The Story of. This is coming to Sky Arts. Tell us. Yeah, it's something a bit bit different. It's not a drama series. It's a documentary series about um, different well, classic films. And it's basically an episodic thing where each each episode looks at a different classic movie. So you have The Third Man and then The Lady Killers, The Graduate, Run, Brighton Rock and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And then each episode is sort of a dissection of the film, how it was made, the sort of impact that it had and its legacy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm obviously a big sort of film nerd. Film buff kind yeah. of right up my street um it'll be airing from today actually when this goes out thursday the 31st at 8 p.m on sky arts and then mm-hmm. running at the same time weekly and that'll be the films i listed will be sort of running that order yeah it was good but it definitely could have been a podcast <laughs> Two was the one that most warranted i guess it being televised because a lot of Terminator uh-huh. Two was talking about the pioneering special effects in it and yeah. there's a lot of examples from the film of how some of the like the cgi firsts came about and how it led to you know jurassic park etc yeah. um but the third man and and the others definitely didn't benefit at all i don't think from the um yeah 
especially you're only likely to watch this show if you've seen the films anyway, right? That's I what I was thinking, yeah. Or else watch. you'd want to be like a serious film buff and would you have not seen those films if you weren't a serious film yeah. buff is the question. Yeah. So the scenes they're talking about you already know. Um, and I get partly, you know, the third man, it's difficult to get Orson Welles on to talk about it because he died however long ago. <laughs> but, you know, Terminator 2, they don't have any of the cast. They don't have James Cameron on so mm-hmm. it's it's film critics and um you know mm-hmm. special effects experts and stuff but there's not really anyone with a huge direct connection to the films in question that are on the show so is, it, is it more of a deconstruction of the film itself and the, the the influence it had rather than the kind of stories behind it yeah more so with with terminator 2 they go a lot into how it was made and it's a lot more of the technical aspect and I guess the third man has a lot of that as well, but it's more talking about it as a, as a genre film. I do think you're sort of wanting, especially on a Sky show, them to have some big names involved. Yeah. You know, they, they they could have got not necessarily James Cameron, but maybe um, the John Connor actor, whose name yeah. escapes me, um, or uh, uh, etc. Um, and they didn't really seem to do that. And the... The third man one, I do like the film The Third Man, but the deconstruction of it was just—it's just quite superficial. It's not very exciting the way they've done it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a. I know. Is it all? Po- is it? Is it all positive, or is there any sort of? It's you all know, positive. Hype? Yeah. But it's all quite muted. You have like uh, a dusty film critic sat across from an interviewer. And that's sort of, yeah, just talking heads it. basically. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, again, it's like, why, why did this need to be filmed? It's definitely something that's, that it's very watch. Sky Arts, though, isn't it? Like that's quite, yeah. yeah. And I don't obviously watch a lot of Sky Arts stuff. Oh my god, you can find some of the best random programs on Sky Arts, yeah, which is funny because I, I used to do, I used to switch on there all the time just to see what was on, and I haven't done it for months. But you've reminded me now to do it more often, so at least we'll get that out of this. They do put <laughs> out a lot of. Definitely potentially interesting stuff. And this mm. was good, but I think definitely something you could listen to as mm. easily as watch, um, something mm. you could have on while you're like... So so an easy to... watch, basically, and you can pick it up yeah, and easy. drop it because it's a different uh, film every episode or whatever. So Yeah, yeah. and uh, you could dip in and out of the ones you're actually interested yeah. in. I'm still recovering from the fact that Terminator 2 is considered a classic movie, but it's probably... Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think 1990, was it, that it that it came out? Yeah. Maybe for that reason, though. Maybe more so for the sort of special effects stuff yeah, rather than exactly. <laughs> content and I mean, story. it is kind of <laughs> the most recent yeah. of the ones they look at, but... Um, yeah. There's an alternative series that I'd, I'd, I'd like to throw into the mix because Netflix made um, yeah. a television series of the movies that made us, which okay, was a lot yes. more kinetic and fun and yeah. um, got under the hood of the production. And they talked to not just like, you know, the directors or the stars, but they talked to like, you know, the person that did the sound or the person that, that built the set and the yeah. person that did the costume design. Yeah. And it's those little anecdotes that kind of drives these types of programs because yeah. you want to hear, like, the funny things that yeah. happened along the way to, yeah. you know, yeah. you don't necessarily need someone to, you mm-hmm. know, take two minutes of film that you know by heart anyway and, and, and rehash that. What you want to know is how it happened or how it would have happened in an alternative version, that kind of stuff. And the movies that, the movies that made us has 
more popular films as well. So like okay. Home Alone, Dirty Dancing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Ghostbusters one of them. I'm not sure. I, I think yeah. like you say there, Paul, the when you've people who are like on the periphery a little bit rather than the big stars and the directors and things, they're more enthusiastic as well. And they're yeah. kind of... Um, they've they, got good stories. They yeah. were sitting there eating donuts, watching John Candy do something funny and they yeah, can tell yeah, you all yeah. about it, you know? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So, um, like, yeah, okay. Okay for an in-between watch, but not amazing. Don't like yeah. rush to watch it. Really cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go back to the future now with Paul, who's going to tell us about Taggart. Confession time. I've never watched an episode of Taggart, but obviously I'm completely familiar with it. It's iconic uh, in Scotland and beyond. So, Paul, tell us. Tell us about Taggart. You said, uh, you said Kelly, you're only on season one of Only Murders in the Building. Did, you've, you're like, you've drop now it. Got 20, you've got 27 <laughs> series of, of Taggart to uh, to catch up on now. It's interesting. I did, episodes. I did look at, you know, what was the sort of series format, but they kind of played around with it for years. So there was like short yeah. series and long series and they kind of played with the length of episodes. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it initially started, um, it was written that they wanted to create a police um, series that was based in Glasgow, and they did a, a short series. The first episode was on 6th of September 1983, so we're just on the 40th anniversary over the next couple of weeks. Quite literally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when that was a success, they reformatted it and it became Tagger. It was based in a, in a fictional police station in the, the area of Mary Hill in Glasgow, and I think one of the strengths of it was it was written by a guy called Glenn Chandler, who had a background in theatre. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like each of them were like a short play. It was it, it was much more rooted in theatre. Uh-huh. And even that tradition of uh, kind of what we now know as tartan noir in, in terms mm-hmm. of like the, the books of William McIlvany and that kind of crime and, you know, portraying Glasgow with a certain kind of vibe to it I suppose it's yeah. just like that there was like a it, it created a fictional version of Glasgow which yeah. people now associate with the real Glasgow <laughs> yeah. which is fun because it was just so reinforced and then the breakthrough for the series really I mean it, it, it started to get shown on the ITV networks mm. across the whole of the UK so it um so it, it was really, only on STV originally I presume it was, was it? originally just there but you know when at the time it came out you know like at the the late 80s even into the early 90s there weren't really that many um there weren't really that many um well not even that many television stations clearly so <laughs> i you thought know, you were going to say television it, sets <laughs> it, was, it was it was a it was very um yeah it was very true. kind of groundbreaking in terms of a television drama about crime and it set a template for a lot of this stuff yes um, and i think that's where it kind of lost its way because it, it petered out around about 2010 but by that time it was forced to kind of mimic a lot of the tricks from other shows and stuff. And, okay. you know, like the forensic person was in it a lot more. Yeah. And they brought out the big board that you see in all the other television shows yeah. where they've got all the names of the suspects the string, and they do yeah. that whole thing. It's like, right, everyone, listen, we've yeah. got this guy and this guy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I travelled a lot in, uh, when I was younger and people would come up to me and they'd hear me from, uh, I was from Glasgow and they'd just go, oh, yeah, from Glasgow, there's been a murder. 
Uh, <laughs> and the funny thing about it, I, I interviewed Alex Bright. So basically, Mark McManus was Taggart, and then after mm. he died during the, the the production of an episode, he just mm. exit. They, they, they use the excuse of he's in the chief inspector's office, and then the next yeah. episode just opens with <laughs> his, his funeral. funeral. I mean, they, they did not take long it's a bit to move on beyond, isn't it? Like, that, yeah, that, that archetypal uh, character dying uh, uh, both on screen and off screen, and then well, um, it was kind of testament to them and the strength of the series and the popularity of the series that they were able to continue without him I mean I don't know how yeah. their ratings were affected but it went on for another 10 I mean, years or something it, did it, it not was, it was the beating heart was it of it was the the ensemble cast and the writing that mm. you know that we talk a lot about the writing room and stuff like that and you look at something like the bear where you know mm. you've got this this massively talented group of people who've created something that's a worldwide success yeah Taggart was written pretty much all episodes were written by one guy okay over over you know, like an astonishing period That's of a time, lot. 100 yeah. episodes. That's massive. But, that, yeah. but this, that consistency in tone of voice and yeah. what, what people were getting um, was great. The the importance for um, for kind of, the, the reason why the, the, the television show is, is held in so much affection was so much of it was actually filmed out in, in, the, in the wild, yes. on the streets of Glasgow. So people have like stories and, of encountering it and stuff, don't they? Well, even when I was even when I was living away in Dublin, you know, you you sit and watch an old episode of Target and get nostalgic for like some of the streets yeah. as you know the body count increased over the the, the, the fifty minute episode. Yes. And stuff like that. <laughs> I heard something on the radio recently. Actually, they're trying to do a sort of a collect people's memories of Taggart, and I should have got the details of this, but um, I might put them in the show notes. Basically, if if you ever encountered someone filming Taggart or if you knew someone that worked on Taggart or if you have a bit of Taggart memorabilia, you can actually uh, register it now with one of the colleges. I think they're doing a sort of, um, creating an archive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how big it is in in the psyche, I think, of Scotland and Scottish popular culture, you know. So that yeah. says a lot, doesn't it? So there's a lot going on. It's amazing that it translated, though, that, you know, like it did have a, a, an audience beyond oh, the, yeah. uh, beyond Scotland. And when I interviewed Alex Norton, who um, was the lead actor um, for the series for, like, longer than Mark McManus was, mm. and, and um, I spoke to him, and he, he holidays over in France, and it was... Uh, a, a, a big surprise to him when he moved over mm-hmm. to there at first that he was recognised on the street in a small village and it's because Taggart was dubbed into French <laughs> and set in Marseille <laughs> which is another kind of post-industrial side uh, city with oh, a bit of an it. edge to it love so it. like uh, everywhere you go they'd be like oh you had Le Taggart <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it love it love it oh yeah it's definitely a classic so um, so where can people watch it Paul is it still available on ITVX or <laughs> ITVX has yeah. got it um, you can uh, you can get episodes. You can buy episodes on Amazon Prime. Yeah. UK TV are shown repeats, and it's also available on BritBox. So you've literally got no excuse to no. not binge watch the entirety of it. Um, oh, it's on my very goal. long to do yeah. list. <laughs> it's on my very long to do list, Paul. Thank you for that and for joining us this week as well, Paul. Uh, you'll be very welcome back again sometime. Um, thanks to the listeners as well. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as National World. We'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week with more Screen Babble. Thanks and bye. Thank you. Bye.